I feel like sometimes when people meet me and find out what I do, they find me a bit enigmatic. I'm frequently asked, or at the very least it's alluded to, how can I do the kind of work that I do? Fair enough. Death and grief are really painful, so what kind of person signs themselves up for that? Death doulas like myself, or hospice workers, NICU professionals, are admittedly a different breed. I honestly can't give you a really clear answer on why I feel compelled to join others in painful, grievous times, other than the fact that there is a yawning gap in how we die, and I feel compelled to try to fill it. That doesn't mean I'm bulletproof. Far from it. For example, 11 years ago, right around this time of year, I had a lot going on. Two of my friends were dying from cancer at the same time. I wasn't a death doula then. I wasn't even familiar with the name. All the same, I knew that death was hard and people need to step up to help. That's what I was trying to do for my friends. I supported and cared and organized, all that kind of stuff. And that part really did go well. But there was a huge deficiency that I wasn't accounting for. I wasn't caring for myself. Consequently, in the seven-week period between my friend's deaths, I came down with whooping cough and shingles. I was a physical and emotional disaster. Fast forward 11 years. I've chosen to be a death doula. I am choosing to take on stressful, sad, exhausting situations. So here's the question. How am I holding up? Welcome to Death Becomes Her, the mini-cast where we spend five to ten minutes discussing death, dying, and grief from a variety of angles. I'm your host, Lyella Kelly. I'm going to change the format a bit on this episode. Today we're going to take a look at a recent difficult client case. I want to create a bit of a report card. My hope is that you'll be able to take some pieces with you and apply them in your own caregiving situation, or it doesn't even have to be caregiving, just a stressful time that you're going through. So let's get to it. First, a very brief background. My most recent client was worrisome for me. When I met him, he had proceed with caution written all over him. Here's why. He was only three years older than me two years younger than my own husband. It immediately became clear that we also shared some common interests. And he was kind. So, so kind. I liked him from the moment I met him, and that really scared me. I was afraid that helping him die well was going to hurt way more than I wanted it to. Knowing that I didn't trust my own emotions, I decided to be diligent about monitoring my well-being. Since the debacle 11 years ago, and with the help of my death doula training, I've learned the importance of self-awareness. This is my approach. I've chosen areas that I feel are important for me to monitor in order to maintain my physical and emotional equilibrium. My six areas are these. Diet, exercise, sleep, life demands, relationships, and spirituality. Not necessarily in that order. So my first criteria, 
diet. I feel that under normal circumstances, I have a pretty moderate diet. It could be better. I could definitely eat more veggies, but overall, it's really not that bad. How did I do? Well, I ate a lot of M&Ms. My client had a seemingly endless bag of M&Ms and those little candy-coated chocolates definitely brought me comfort, repeatedly. I also found myself at Burger King, twice. Fast food is generally not a temptation for me, but hamburger mustard only seemed irresistible. Not the worst thing, but definitely not a diet that nourished me. I did, however, drink a fair amount of water and I only had alcohol socially. Under normal circumstances, I'm not a big drinker anyway, but I do enjoy a glass of wine a couple times a week. I'd like to keep it that way. I don't want to get into the habit of relying on alcohol for relaxation, so I try not to turn to wine or cocktails when I'm feeling stressed. Overall, I feel like I did decent in this category, maybe a B minus C plus effort. Next, exercise. Exercise is my go-to stress reliever. Fresh air and blood circulation are my favorites. I did not do well in this area. I think I only went outside for a walk once in a couple weeks. I give myself a D in this category. Next, sleep. I love my sleep. I am not an early to rise kind of girl. I'm more of a cuddle with the puppies until the last possible second kind of a girl. But sleep is so important in stressful times. Have you ever tried to have a sane conversation with someone who is severely sleep deprived? It's not easy. Without sleep, our ability to regulate our emotions can be substantially decreased. Not ideal for an already tense situation. Add to it that it can be really hard to sleep well when we're experiencing extreme stress. Nasty little cycle. But in spite of those challenges, I feel like I did a good job of taking advantage of times when I could sleep and rest up, even if it meant resting during unusual hours. I am awarding myself an A for sleep. Demands. Maybe you've noticed that there has been a longer than normal gap since the last episode of this podcast. That's because I was busy getting an A plus for respecting priorities and not allowing unnecessary demands to create more stress. I gave myself permission to let a couple of things slide for a while. That meant that I didn't worry about writing a podcast episode. After all, my primary purpose isn't to be a great podcaster. It's to be a great death doula. I also canceled a presentation that I was scheduled to give. I really enjoy speaking engagements, but again, not of primary importance. I'm happy that I have learned to be a bit more modest about how much energy I have. I choose my priorities and the rest can wait. Most things simply aren't that time sensitive. Relationships. When you're giving a lot to others, it can be very tempting to isolate yourself. I love my space. I am an introvert and I recharge best when I have downtime. However, when I'm working through emotional strain, I find it best to spend a little time with friends, friends who will allow me to unburden myself if necessary, or who will just talk about normal life stuff. It's great to be able to step out of the stress at least briefly and get out of my own head. I did make time for a phone conversation over coffee, dinner and football at a friend's house, and a low-key date night with my husband. 
I am giving myself another A in this area. Last and not least, I feel it's important for me to maintain my spiritual routine. Normally, I make time to read something encouraging each day, no doom scrolling through the latest news, and I make time for group meetings that have a positive focus. Even though I made some small modifications to my schedule, I didn't completely abandon my routine. That regularity helps to stabilize me, so I'm going to give myself an A- for spirituality. After reviewing my six areas, I feel like I did a pretty good job. Actually, I know I did a good job because although I'm still processing everything that has happened in the last month, I feel balanced and energized. I haven't had trouble rejoining my normally scheduled life, no whooping cough, no shingles, no emotional breakdowns. What about you? Do you know what areas are most important to your emotional and physical health? If not, identify them. What brings you comfort and what causes distress? Likely, many of your areas will overlap with mine, but you may have something else that you value and that's just fine. Just identify it and maintain it. Do you have a network of relationships that you can lean into? People who can empathize with you as well as relationships that will allow you to step away from your stressor for just a little while. Identify those relationships. If you're dealing with extensive stress of whatever sort, you're going to need the support that those relationships provide. Don't isolate yourself from your support system. And lastly, prioritize your health, emotional and physical. You can't take care of business if you're incapacitated and out of commission. Develop and maintain healthy routines, spiritually, physically, emotionally. Drink water, eat well, bathe, go for a walk, breathe. Life is hard work. Death is hard work. The work part is unavoidable. Whatever things are causing anxiety, small or large, face the challenge head on and take care of yourself. Check in occasionally to see how you're doing. Ultimately, the better you care for yourself, the better you'll be able to care for others. Thank you for listening to the Death Becomes Her minicast. Connect with me, Lyella Kelly, at www.leavingwellmt.com. Special thanks to Roman Bilov for our intro and outro music. Thank you for tuning in. And remember, talking about death won't kill you. I promise.